Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages, Amen. St. Mary was told a special greeting today that we were all familiar with. She was told to rejoice because she's highly favored. She was told to rejoice because of the gift that is, that is to come. The name of the gift is Jesus Christ, our Lord, God, and Savior. And she's been giving us this joy from generation to generation. That's why she says, from henceforth all generations will call me blessed. She was told by the archangel, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And this high favor that St. Mary received or had because of her devotion to the Lord is given to us, is passed on to us through her, right? There's this beautiful quote I had seen from Father Matthew the Poor. He says about that, he said, So blessed is that day among all the days of humanity day on which we handed over our body to the Holy Spirit through the Virgin so that Christ could take it on our behalf, turn it into his own, and appear in it before the Father to reconcile everyone in that body to himself. So, St. Mary, through her, we receive this reconciliation. We receive this favor. So, it makes us consider many reasons to be joyful at Christmas and during Advent as we prepare for this, this period. So St. Mary being so selfless and emptying herself of everything was surprised at this greeting. It says that she considered what manner of greeting this was. We know that it's not because she was afraid of the archangel appearing to her. One would think that she probably received many visitations from such angels. But she was wondering why would she be worthy of such a greeting. And this is again St. Mary showing us the meaning of selflessness. Kind of like what C.S. Lewis would tell us, you know, uh, humility is not to think uh, less of yourself, but to think of yourself less, to forget yourself in Christ. So the archangel tells her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. It's actually a good thing. You found favor. So St. Mary finding favor is us finding favor through her, through the Incarnation. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus meaning Yeshua, meaning God saves. God saves us. That's what Jesus means. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. Right? He who is from above, he who is from the highest, he was the King of kings and Lord of lords, descends and empties himself for our salvation. People wonder, why would God do such a thing? Why would God go to such great lengths for dust? He says, because although I created you from the dust of the earth, you're not dust to me. You mean much more to me. I created you in my image and my likeness. I created you to live forever. I created you to love. I created you to forgive. I created you to be saints. I created you to be holy. And 
God descending and coming in creation that he created. So he comes into the creation. This is not something hard for him to do. What makes it hard is he who is divine and holy and infinite would condescend, empty himself and come into the form of humanity. That's what's hard for us to understand. But it's not impossible for God. God can do anything. That's why the archangel tells St. Mary, with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Why? Because God is love. And God being love, being the source of all what love is, can do anything. Love can accomplish all things. That's why St. Peter tells us, have fervent love. When we read in today's Acts, it says this passage from Exodus. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Here's another reason why we rejoice that this ground that God created, this earth that can be walked on, stomped on, all kinds of things, has been made holy through the incarnation. That all of a sudden, humanity receives the pledge of everlasting life, the guarantee. So when St. Mary is told rejoice, it, it you know, gets us the opportunity to think, what am I rejoicing about? Is this joy something temporary? Is this joy something momentary? Is there a difference between joy and pleasure, between something eternal, something temporal? Absolutely. Huge difference. There's a huge, huge difference. God is telling us to rejoice beyond what the earth can offer. Even if it's temporary here, it's not temporary there. If it's carnal or material here, it's eternal and spiritual there. It's completely different. But the, the another other reason for you and I to rejoice because of St. Mary's greetings received by the archangel today is that it's for us to enjoy as well. We get to enjoy this. And we don't have to wait till it's time for us to go back to our eternal rest. It's ours to enjoy right now. This second. So this term rejoices for you and I. That's why St. Paul uses the exact same word. Rejoice. He says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. If you notice, this was in Philippians 4, verse 4. Philippians is one of the letters St. Paul wrote in prison. St. Paul was in a prison cell saying this. Again, it makes us wonder, how could someone rejoice in prison? Because with Jesus, he's not in prison. Physically, he could be shackled. Physically, he could be confined. But spiritually, he's soaring like, like an eagle. He doesn't feel this confinement because he has learned what the meaning of rejoicing is. So St. Mary being told rejoice, highly favored one, St. Paul telling us from prison cell long ago, rejoice, is a reminder from generation to generation, rejoice always. And he's saying it with an exclamation point to tell me and tell you, always is all the time. Always. You know what always means. Always is always. It's all the time. So why do we celebrate this season? Why are we together for Christmas? Families get together. Friends get together. Dinners and parties and celebrations of all sorts. The world offers us a very diluted, superficial form of Christmas. 
to the point that they want to cut off Christ from the word, right? They put Xmas because it's easier, faster. Eliminate everything. Christmas songs on the radio all day long. You enter the mall, you hear Christmas songs all day long. To the point that by December 26th, your brain is still like buzzing on Christmas songs. 27, 28, 29, New Year's Eve, you still hear George Michael singing something about his tears and I don't know what at Christmas. And it's non-stop in your ears because you, everywhere you walk in, you're hearing it. But that's not a Christmas carol. That's not a Christmas song. It has nothing to do with Jesus. A Christmas carol, a Christmas song, or a Christmas hymn, that's why we have the beauty of this Coptic month of Kiek, or Advent, where the church is constantly singing. There are vigils at night. There are praises and prayers that you can listen to and find online. And they're constantly revolving around St. Mary receiving this greeting, the joy that she was told that she deserved, and the Lord's coming in the flesh for our salvation. Taking our flesh, taking what is ours, and giving us what is His. And that's why Advent and this, this, the hymnology of this time of the year is so rich because it fills not only our ears and our minds subliminally or subconsciously or what you hear when you wake up in the morning and still buzzing in ears, but you hear it in your heart. You start praising God. It's not just singing Christmas songs. It's not just carolers at the corner of the street caroling. It's a praise that's coming out of your heart. Because it's connecting with the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And reminding you of the high favor that you receive in Christ. So this is what we're celebrating. This is again the reason for our joy. St. John Chrysostom gives us another reason why we rejoice. He said, God loves us more than father, mother, friend or any else could. And even more than we are able to love ourselves. This is, this is another reason why we're rejoicing. That's why when we read in Luke 2, and we're going to read it in the, the liturgy at Christmas, if the Lord wills, so that there's good news of great joy. The shepherds receive a greeting. St. Mary's greeting was, Rejoice, highly favored one. The shepherds will be told, I have good news for you of great joy. See, again, not just pleasure, happiness, something nice, good news. It's more than good news, although the gospel is known as the good news as Good news of great joy. Something beyond your human comprehension. Something beyond. That's why we celebrate. That's why we think it's the birth of joy. It's the entrance of joy into the world. It's not by coincidence that we celebrate Christmas at the darkest time of the year. Notice how your day is so short, isn't it? You wake up by the time you're coming back from work. What? It's already cloudy? It's already dark? The sun is already setting? Wow, it's not even, it's barely 4 o'clock and I can barely see the sun. Very dark, right? Until when, around the end of December, then the solstice hits and all of a sudden, the sun starts to have more hours a day. It starts very insignificantly, right? Seconds, minutes. And all of a sudden you go from a winter solstice into an equinox, a spring, right? As we prepare for Lent and the resurrection. The Lord is not by coincidence coming into the flesh at the darkest time of the year. Trying to say, I come into this darkness to bring great light, great joy. To receive what the archangel, what the angels told the shepherds. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That it will be for all the people. It's not just for St. Mary on the second Sunday of Advent. 
It's not just for people who are shepherding their flocks by night, Christmas night. It's for you and I today and every generation, all nations. This healing is for all nations. So another reason why we're celebrating. St. John tells us if we confess our sins, He, the Lord, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just as this great news is for all people, this cleansing, this healing is for all people, for all nations. All they have to do is come, come to it, come to this glory. St. John goes on to say in the next chapter of his first letter, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. You see, for all nations, great joy, for all unrighteousness, for the whole world, it's, it's an all-encompassing salvation. It's for everyone and every time, every generation, every season, we're told, come, just keep coming. Come again and again to this invitation. We're told to rejoice because even St. Paul, who was able to, so to speak, rejoice in the rain, even in the sad times, the dark times, the cloudy times, the difficult times, he says, we are as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. How? Because... The joy of Christ, the joy of our Lord, the joy that has been given to us, the joy that was born into the world for Christmas as we prepare for, is telling us no more fear. No more fear. Perfect love has cast out all fear. So we need to keep these words, right? We need to remind ourselves and remind every generation. The Lord was saying this to this woman in Matins this morning, in Luke 11. It happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice. And said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts which nursed you. But he said to her, More than that, yes, my mother is blessed. Yes, but more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's why she's highly favored, because she, not only is she blessed by who she is, but blessed for keeping what she kept. It says that she continued to keep things in her heart. Later on, she would witness things her son and God was doing in the flesh, and she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We're told to keep these things. That's why you are called the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You're told to keep these things. If you and I don't keep Christmas, keeping the feast as we ought, who will? If we, the Christians, known as followers of the way, won't keep it, who will? It won't be the mall because December 26th, the mall changes to Boxing Day and New Year's Eve celebrations and sales. And then a few months later, a few weeks later, already it's pink and red and white for Valentine. It's not going to be the mall that's going to keep Christmas. I think you and I agree on that. It's our job to keep Christmas. So whatever feasts and celebrations and places to go and people to see and things to do during the holidays, we're meant to keep them holy. That's why they're called holy days. It's our job to do so. Just think about it. Imagine January 6th, if the Lord wills, we're driving to liturgy. And the Lord comes on the clouds. The second coming occurs on the clouds on that moment. What will we do? What will we say? It says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. Surely I'm coming soon. Could be right now. Could be tomorrow. Could be January 6th. Could be in a hundred years. I don't know. But when he says something, he fulfills it. And it's always too quick for those 
who haven't prepared for it with their heart, haven't kept it in their heart. So we have to ask ourselves, who are we among? Which group are we among? In Revelation chapter 1, it says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Why will all the tribes of the earth mourn when it says there's joy for all nations? That this is a healing for all nations. That joy that comes to the world. We sing joy to the world. How is it that this great joy, this good news of great joy to the whole world, will cause the tribes of the, it says all of them to mourn. All of those who have forgotten, who haven't kept, who haven't known, they're missing out. Let me tell you, people can have the biggest, the most baddest Christmas bash for celebration. New Year's Eve, do all kinds of celebrations. But if they're not keeping Jesus at the center of it all, they are missing out. They have no idea. They think that it's fun to party, quote-unquote, in certain manners and ways that are far from Christ-centered. Maybe. But it's because they have not yet tasted. That's why it's our job, you and I, to say, come and see for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see for yourself what does it mean to celebrate Christ. To have Him at the center of your life and your will and your heart all the time. It goes on to say again in Revelation 19. Now out of His mouth goes a sharp sword that with, with He strikes nations. And He Himself will rule them with a rod of iron. The Lord is not coming on the clouds. Like it's not Santa Claus coming on his sleigh led by Rudolph on the re and the rest of the deer. The Lord coming on a white horse conquering and to conquer. Coming to rule, not to scare, but to say rejoice. There are those who will see this coming and will rejoice with great joy as it was promised to them. That's why at the end of Revelation, when the Lord says, surely I'm coming quickly. St. John replies, says, Amen, even so come, Lord Jesus. So it starts from now, right? It's not going to happen when the Lord is coming on the clouds. This should be something you and I keep and consider now. All the time. This should not be fearful. It should be joyful. And it is joyful for those who realize the love that was given to them. They realize the reason for the season, right? That it's not just a wreath in front of the door, but it's a crown of thorns. This is, the, this is the fullness of joy that we receive. As we celebrate the Christmas season, Advent and Christmas, the great, we should always remember that the greatest gift wasn't placed under a tree, but was hung on one. It was hung on the tree. I love this, this painter's, this artist's rendition of Santa Claus bowing and worshiping Jesus at the manger. May we never forget who Christmas is really about. Some people say, what's Christmas all about? It's not a what. It's who who it's about this is something we've heard and said years and years and we've needed to to ourselves as a reminder but more and ever right from now and every generation until the lord comes it's really 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 incumbent upon each and every one of us to remember let's put santa claus worshiping his lord let's every one of us remember what happens at christmas that the entrance of joy the promise of joy it gets fulfilled a few months later on Good Friday and the resurrection on Sunday. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you,
but will also transform you and your life with Christ.